Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is the first episode of season three of our Seventh Heaven podcast. I mean, this isn't season three of our podcast. It's season three of Seventh Heaven. Yes. So, in this episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing season three, episode one of Seventh Heaven. The title of the episode is It Takes Two, Baby. And, well, yeah, there's only one. Yeah. So, It Takes Two, Baby. If you are, or unless you're in France. The name of this episode, for some reason, is called The Diet. I think it's because of Annie's food issues. Right, but that's not the ce- that's not central by any means. Or if you are in Germany, the title of this episode is <laughs> Unity and One Makes Nine, which really, I don't, I don't even understand. It means that one of the new babies is Unity and the other one is One. That's what that means. It means that... Se- Oh wait, there are there are going to be nine, nine of them. Yeah, there's nine of them now. I was like the stroke. Uh, okay, well, we have some fun. season three. We're back. <laughs> um, so there's trivia. Um, it takes two, baby, is actually a song by uh, Tina Turner and Rod Stewart. But more importantly, we think, and so does the internet, that it takes two, baby, is actually uh, called that because of the 1995 Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie It Takes Two, which is also. With Christy Alley, who I loved as a child, when she was in um, Cheers and Look Who's Talking, all the Look oh, Who's and, Talking um, movies. David, wait, no, no, John Travolta. No, 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 David Gallagher. Wait, no, I'm not. What's yeah, his? Yeah, David Gallagher. Yeah, Simon. What's his name? David Gallagher was, was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, it all comes full circle. Yeah, I don't know why I was like David Gallagher. Could um, not remember his name. So IMDb user summary. Yes, so fortunately, the same person uh, authored the user summaries for season three. Um, I'm not sure how deep into the series this person wrote the summaries, or synopsis, whatever. So anyway, here we go. Three months later, already visibly pregnant Annie shamelessly complains and acts as a tyrant to everyone, especially Eric, except Ruthie, who lays fake pregnancy. Matt has given up an out-of-state college, but not moving out, so he accepts an invitation to become three girls' roommate, only to be blamed and expelled for their inability to resi- resist his passive male charms. Lucy wins Mary's dare whether rules make dating harder by snapping up amazingly mature-built 17-year-old Jordan. Eric's endless misery trying to follow Annie's inconsistent whims and finding an appropriate wedding anniversary gift seems endless, until the gynecological exam examination yields news that staggers everyone. Twins. <laughs> so? Spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, oh yeah, end of episode we find out that there are twins. In case you have never seen uh, an episode of Seventh Heaven past the middle of season three. And also I guess we spoiled it before that with the Unity 1 and 9 thing. <laughs> Uh, I, I think we've also spoiled it in other seasons, but again, that's like such. Is, is it really a spoiler? It's integral. It's, the, the, the show has been off the air for like thirteen years now. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no. There are no spoilers. Um, so uh, some interesting notes and trivia based on information that was just said. Uh, first of all, I know it is three months later. But actually, it's four months later. We find out that Annie's pregnant in May, and this episode uh, is in September. So she's not three months pregnant. She's four months pregnant. I can't um, believe Seventh Heaven screwed up the continuity again. Uh, another 
Fun trivia fact. Uh, in an interview, Brenda Hampton said that she wrote in Annie's uh, pregnancy because her sister had twins. She also said that there would be a lot of cute twin stories to tell on the show as her sister shares with her. And this is total bullshit because these twins are the worst the worst characters on the show once they are introduced. And even when they get well into like being eight years old at the end of the run of the show, they never have any purpose or real stories of their own and they're never developed like... When you look at how old, like, Ruthie is at the start of the show, she still becomes, like, a person. She's eight in this season, and I don't know. So that's a lie, Brenda Hampton. You lied to us. Um, another thing is that the WB, while the WB was airing the third season of this, which it aired on Mondays, right? Yes. Um, that on the day before, on Sundays, they would air Seventh Heaven Beginnings, which is just a re- uh, Viewing of seasons one and two, uh, which would air on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. So I guess, that, like, this WB was really using Seventh Heaven as a cash cow at this point. Although, what else was on in 98? Buffy. Buffy is... I'm sorry, Buffy was better. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, I should not be saying that, but... Let's see, what else? Was Dawson's Creek on at this point? Oh, yeah, I think Dawson's Creek started this year. Um, and then... I, don't know. I can't remember anything else. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Wasn't that on ABC? That moved around from network. Like, that got bumped a few times to different networks, so I don't know. Um, Boy Meets World was also originally on the WB, but it also moved to ABC. Um, but the WB, even in, um, as far, well, like, that was, like, ten years ago, but the, the CW continued to do that with, like, the more popular shows to re-air them on, on like, Sun, you know, re-air the episodes that people who got into it later oh, yeah, might yeah, have yeah. missed. They did uh, that with, like, I feel like Veronica Mars, but that wasn't on the WB, so I don't know what no, I'm saying. No, it was that. on UPN. Uh, but, they, but they did that with um, Gossip Girl was, like, the one thing that's, like, sticking out, but I think there would also be, like, episodes of, like, One Tree Hill mixed in there. Um, another thing that we get from this is, which we'll discuss more when we do our 90s fashion, um, uh, because everybody's gotten new haircuts, but, um, in the beginning of the season, uh, the WB was very concerned when Jessica Biel cut her hair real short from the previous two seasons. So the bu- WB obligated her to grow her hair longer. So by the end of the season, uh, you'll see that Jessica Biel's hair returns to her actual length. I also called bullshit on this because this is like the WB being like, oh no, all of the young teenage boys that watch this show only for Jessica Biel will not find her attractive with short hair. And that's her fucking prerogative, and fuck them. But they also had they had this hair issue again with Felicity when uh, Carrie Russell chopped her hair off, and it was this massive thing. Was that an actual like thing that the WB made a big deal? Um, I think the WB did, but also the world. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, that seemed more like it was like a social... Uh, well, anyway, is that all our trivia? Uh, yeah, for now. For now. <laughs> I mean, no, that, that is actually all our trivia. So what was your first impression? Um, my first impression. Actually, I think this was a crazy episode, but I enjoyed it. It, like... It feels like they squeezed a lot in. They did squeeze a lot in, which is, a, like, which is a completely different from just viewing the season, the two-part season finale, where nothing was happening for minutes on end. But here, like, a lot happened. Um, and I thought it was entertaining. I was genuinely entertained. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to season three. You should be. <laughs> you should be. Um, uh, so, I guess we'll, we're going to do some storyline by yeah. storyline thing. So, we're going to skip over the cold open because that only deals with Annie and the Rev and 
Ruthie's storyline. Um, so I guess the first thing we get after it comes back... Oh, real quick note. I guess a little trivia, season three trivia. So uh, in the opening credit sequence, um, Steve, all of the men, Stephen Collins, uh, Barry Watson, and David Gallagher, are, all have the same credit sequences for their names, but um, Jessica Biel... Beverly Mitchell and Mackenzie Rosmond have been updated. As well as Catherine Hicks. Oh, and Catherine Hicks um, have all had their sequences updated with footage from this, from season three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's nothing we've seen yet. Um, But I think that they did that that way because uh, Barry Watson and David Gallagher had theirs updated in season two and no one else did. So I guess it was everyone else's turn. Except Stephen Collins still has the same... Uh, one from season one. I think it's because his hair is receding even more, so they don't want to use, or he doesn't want to use new shots. Well, they eventually will. He eventually gets too old to pull that off anymore, but anyway, Um, that happens. Speaking of the opening credits, uh, we'll get a little bit of 90s fashion here uh, in, actually, no, I'm just going to say it all. We'll just do 90s fashion now. Um, As I mentioned, uh, Jessica Biel, so Mary's had a haircut, but actually everyone's had haircuts. Um, yeah, everyone has. And everybody's hair is now the same. <laughs> yes, except for Ruthie. Yeah, but everybody's hair is like the same length. I bet yeah. if Ruthie straightened her hair, it, it would, would be, all, it'd it be would, long. Well, I guess, yeah, because it's super curly. Yeah. Uh, but Matt's hair is the same length as Lucy's hair, which is the same length as Mary's hair, which is the same length as Simon's hair. <laughs> um, and I feel like Annie, like, her hair's, like, flattened out. Yeah, yeah. It's for the first, like, two seasons, it's just been, like, kind of, like, this big ball of hair. And now she's kind of a little more modern-looking, I would say. For anyone that's not uh, watching along, if we, uh, we'll paint a picture for you. Uh, Lucy's hair is very rep- reminiscent of, like, Clueless. Uh, it's, like, long, it's shoulder length, but then curled flips out. out. Yeah, yeah, flips out. Um, Mary's cut hers, like, to chin length. Um, and Simon finally got rid of the mop on his head. Yeah, but I'm sure it'll come back. It's not until, like, season four he finally, like, but, like, just has hair on top of his head. Um, and speaking of Clueless, that seems to be the, like, fashion... Uh, Aesthetic. Uh, yeah, of this episode, at least. I don't know if that's going to be from moving forward, but a lot of pastels um, and, like... There was one scene where Mary was... I think it's, like, the first few scenes. She's wearing this purple shirt, and it's just got these, like circles on it but they're like silver circles and they look like these like orbs and I said I thought it was like very like Y2K yeah, aesthetic yeah Y2K aesthetic, um, exactly so we're getting into that because it's 98 and then the season ends in 99 so and if everybody remembers in the 90s the craze was like girls wearing these like tiny tiny backpacks um I don't know what I think there's like an actual name for them but like I don't know um, they were probably I, drinking, like, Crystal Pepsi, too, yeah. when we didn't see <laughs> uh, But a, a lot of the girls uh, in this episode also have that. Tiny backpacks. Tiny backpacks. Um, okay, let's actually get into yeah. the episode now. Um, so Matt's storyline starts with uh, Matt letting the... Well, Matt walks in, uh, this is after the cold open and the opening credits, into the kitchen, um, and the Rev and Matt are having a conversation about dealing with Annie. Yes, the, the pregnancy has been rough on Annie, and she's making it rough on the entire family, particularly the Rev. So we'll get back to that. But Matt says uh, that after he has to go to the college, the local college, for registration. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And Annie asks him if he's going to take the kids to school. He says no, but then the Rev nudges him, and he's like, oh, yes, of course I will. And then he mentions to the Rev... I think Andy's still in the room, too. No, Andy walks... Uh, Andy. Andy walks out, the, walks okay. out at this point. So the, the Rev uh, says that... Um, or, no, I'm sorry. Matt says to the Rev that after he's done with registration, he's going to check out a few, um, like, billboards or whatever for postings. Like, basically, like, roommate-wanted ads um, because he's been... He, his, he saved his money from Washington, D.C. this summer, uh, and so he got a like, paid internship with Hillary Clinton? Yeah, yes. And he would like to live out on his own. Um, his exact wording was, because they thought that he was going to get a car, uh, that the car takes me away from the house during the daytime, but an apartment would take me away forever. All of the time. Um, uh, also, before Annie leaves, she has a thing where she's like, when you get married and your wife's pregnant, make sure you, you never say that we're having a baby. The woman has the baby. Uh, so I don't think though if this is like obviously Annie's sixth pregnancy I don't think that the Rev has ever said that but eh. and also uh, or he knows better by now if he ever did say it and also I this is just a side comment um, it feels like Matt or maybe not but Matt has clearly been through four other pregnancies with um, the parents so he should be familiar with Annie's behavior but it doesn't seem like he is yeah. So anyway, yeah. Matt, uh, so we see, the next thing we see is Matt um, outside of the school. He's on campus and he's looking at kind of like a bulletin board, um, looking at kind of wanted ads. Uh, and someone comes up behind him and covers his eyes and is like, guess who? And he says he something makes, like, he's like, yeah. I want to guess for a little bit longer. I guess he likes the feeling of the hands. Uh, hands on his eyes. Uh, but it's Connie. Uh, we remember Connie as... The, Proper title, Senior Slut. From the prom episode uh, from last season. Connie has cut her hair, and <laughs> um, I have feelings. <laughs> no, but really, guys. I so, You kept talking about it. Yeah, well, I was trying to be subtle, but then I was just like, I'm just going to tell you, right? Because I was like, oh, Connie's cut her hair. Oh, Connie looks good. Um, but I was, I've never been attracted to somebody on 7th Heaven before. Until and then, this moment. Until this moment. And I was like, oh, my God, I am very attracted to you right now. So good job, Shiri or Sherry Rappaport, on your new look. Because <laughs> I loved it. Um, but, yes, I found, I found her very attractive. Um, so, yeah, haircuts for everyone. Uh, we find out from the scene that Connie is living with two other girls uh, about walking distance from the campus. And they're looking for a fourth roommate, um, which doesn't make sense because it's a two-bedroom apartment. Right, it, it really, uh, and and the fact that they, okay, so anyway, Matt's like, that's great, I'll come by and check it out. He goes, I think the next scene we have is him at home, yes. telling Annie and the Rev that, hey, I have this opportunity with Connie to live with three women, and then they look horrified, and he's like, no, it's not like when you were younger, right. like, Cohabitation is Yeah, okay men and women now. are, like, cohabitating. All, I don't know. It's, like, just it's a very threes company. Yes. Um, and uh, the Rev is like, uh, you don't know what you're doing. And he doesn't mean it in the way that, I guess, Matt, like, Matt thinks it's, like, whatever. So. Matt, uh, before Matt gets to the new apartment, uh, the girls, which are Amanda and Charlotte, uh, Connie's roommates, are kind of wary about having a guy there because they won't be able to walk around in their underwear anymore. And or, they were like, what if he walks around in his underwear? And they don't want to see it. And 
and Connie's like, just give him a chance. He's a nice guy. He's the eldest, so he knows how to, like, share. And live with women. women. And so Matt comes in, and basically what happens is... <laughs> there was, like, this weird moaning. Yes. He's, like, the, he before they even introduce each other, you just hear, like, neither one of these women open their mouths, but there's just, like, a, a noise, and I'm not going to do it. No, yes. Just like a- because it's very sexual. But it's basically like a hubba hubba. Um, they are very attracted to him off the bat. He's And they're like, oh, move in today. Yes. They So basically what I said was Amanda Charlotte dash horny. So the whole thing, but also, and their eyes, too. They're but Bugging out. Also, the fact that it's a two-bedroom apartment, and they, like, the two, so Connie's, like, okay with it because it's Matt, but the two other ones seem uncomfortable with the fact that, like, oh, no, we can't have a guy living here. If there had been another female roommate, would it be two and two in a bedroom? Because it seems like that would have been the better arrangement, yeah. unless this third, unless the second bedroom was enormous and three people had to live in it. Uh, so, yeah, so three of the girls are going to stay in one bedroom. Matt's going to have one of the rooms to himself. And there are rules uh, that <laughs> Connie in, like, Just invents on the fly. Yeah. Uh, it, no dating each other. No sleepovers. Um, no parties unless everybody agrees to it, and everything has to be split even. The rent. Well, the she bill. also says groceries, and that was because I was like, these are kind of crappy rules. So number one, the fact that Matt has his own room, and they're like, you can't have anyone stay overnight, and then splitting groceries is like, no, that's not going to work out. Um, the next really thing that we have, ne- the next really thing, what the fuck, Tammy, your English is horrible. Uh, the next thing. It ha- is. <laughs> yes, the next thing happening. In Matt's storyline is he comes back to the house with Connie because he's moving in immediately that evening. Um, <laughs> because they think, no, well, he, he's, yeah, so he's, he says it's because it's their first night there and they think it would be nice to hang out all together the first night. Connie also says it's because it feels safer having him there. Um, Which is bullshit. I mean, sure. Uh, Matt, that big burly guy, he could totally protect us. Uh, Annie's in the kitchen there uh, when Connie and Matt get in. Um, Just side note, Annie has a thing against chicken, um, which we'll discuss when we go through that storyline. But Annie basically says, you can take the kitchen, kitchen, you can take the chicken uh, to your apartment. um, And like she's like, she says that she's going to pack. Well, because she says to Matt, I'll pack up some of some stuff for you for tonight. And he's like, no, don't do that. I'll take care of it. And Annie's like, no. You just get rid of the chicken and take it to your apartment. I'll get your stuff for you from your room. And Annie leaves to go to Matt's room. And then Connie and Matt start kissing. Well, Connie starts kissing Matt. Yes, and Matt responds. And she breaks... He doesn't respond as aggressively as he does the next time. Yes. Uh, But he, he like, you know, is like, you're breaking the rules or whatever. And he's like, she said... And then she's like, oh, yeah, the rules... Um, but she made up, so I don't understand. I don't know. I was, like, waiting for some cheesy, like, rules are made to be broken. But, uh, no, that the rules is, <laughs> are broken somewhere else. Um, then we have, it's nighttime in the new apartment. Um, I think, yeah, Charlotte comes out in this, like, emerald green, like, lingerie number um i didn't even catch that the color oh yeah i this show in lingerie i pay attention um i caught you off guard that one time and you'll never let it happen never again. let it happen again 
Um, Matt is looking for stuff in the freezer, I guess ice cream or something, and she's like, oh, do you need any help? And he turns around, and he's like, oh, my God, she's wearing lingerie. And then and she very aggressively yeah. just, like, leans in and starts making out with him. And then he is just as, ag- I would say he's just as aggressive mm-hmm. yes. and does not try to resist it at all or try to invoke the rules as, like, a, oh, no, I can't. And the other girl... Amanda. Amanda sees them because she also wanted some ice cream. And she's like, ooh, I see what's happening. And he, at this point, has, like, his arms around Charlotte, and they're, like, full-on going at it. Um, Now, Amanda thinks it's her turn the next morning, uh, but Matt's just trying to get out the apartment without, like, running into anyone. Um, Amanda's like, ooh, uh, well... Well, Amanda stops, yeah, gets him at the door, and is like, it's my turn, or whatever, something... She's like, oh, what was happening with... I saw what was happening with Charlotte, and he said, it's nothing. She's like, well, I would like nothing to happen with me, too. And then as as soon as he gets to the door and the door is open, Connie is there, and then it's everyone finds out about everything. And as soon as this started, less than 24 hours later, Connie is like, you have to move out. Yep, they're walking uh, around campus together, and he's like... No, she says, hey, rule breaker. Uh, (laughs) And... The reason that he's being kicked out is because he's such a guy. Apparently they, as our user summary said so eloquently, um, he his passive manly ways are just too much for those girls. So he's getting kicked out because he's just too attractive. He's, yeah, he's too much for them. Um, yeah, he gets kicked out. He moves back into the Camden house. And that's really it. Yep. Um, throughout this, there's, like, another conversation between the Rev about, like, what's going on with Annie, but that's about it. Um. Nothing else. And we get the idea that the whole thing that the Rev was like, you don't know, you have no idea what you're doing, is that it it was just going to be, I don't know, the Rev knew that no one would be able to resist his son. Oh, God. The minister's son, he knew. (laughs) So... The next storyline that we have... Is Lucy and Mary's storyline. Again, unfortunately linked together. But we find out, as soon as it comes back from the opening credits, uh, Lucy is saying something. She's talking to Mary, and she says uh, the the reason why she lost Kenny over the summer, so we know that Kenny is gone, is, gone, is uh, because she, didn't, she wasn't following the rules. And we find out very quickly that the rules is a book uh, that was published in 1995. And... <laughs> Okay, and uh, it's called, I'll get the full title for you here, um, The Rules, Time-Tested Secrets for Capturing the Heart of Mr. Wright. Um, and it's actually like a real book that was kind of a phenomena um, back in like the late 90s. <laughs> Maybe it still is. Maybe it's, well, it is a cult, so we wouldn't know about it. Yeah, uh, but there, are, there have been subsequent titles since then. And it's 35 rules for uh, women who want marriage in the shortest uh, time possible. Uh, and that's the rules that they're supposed to follow. Um, so we thought, for fun, <laughs> that we would tell you some of the 35 rules in case you are also looking to get married very quickly. It just it doesn't matter who it is. Just you you got to meet them and decide right then and there, and then you have to marry them. So we're just going to do a nice plethora of the rules. One, be a creature unlike any other. Whatever that means. Number 10, uh, how to act on dates four through commitment time. 
So commit just to, so just so that's clear, commitment time could be date five. five. If you're really good, if you follow the rules. Rule number exactly. 12. Stop dating him if he doesn't buy you a romantic gift for your birthday or Valentine's Day. Rule 13. Don't see him more than once or twice a week. Rule 14. No more than casual kissing on the first date. <laughs> what the fuck is casual kissing? I, it's, I don't understand. What is not ca- Like, I don't know what I want to know if casual kissing is or what the alternative is. 16. Don't tell him what to do. 17. Let him take the lead. 22. Don't live with a man or leave your things in his apartment. Number 23. Don't date a married man. Number 27. um, Do the rules, even when your friends and parents think it's nuts. Number 31. Don't discuss the rules with your therapist. And number 33. Do the rules and you'll live happily ever after. Uh, so, yeah, some of our 35 rules, hopefully they will help you get you married quickly. As soon as possible. It's uh, an emergency. So, basically, uh, back to actual Seventh Heaven stuff. Um, Lucy is using this book as a way to get her man, she says. And because, th- of course, she is, because she has a very healthy relationship um, with herself and her relationships. And that's that's who uses that book. Um, so this is my Lucy's the worst moment of the episode, because she says, uh, the next guy that I date is going to be the one that I marry. Please remember that Lucy is 14 years old. Also, this kind of ties in, my Lucy's the worst moment is the fact that she even has that book. That is the, like, who, the, she lives with, like, the Rev and Annie, and you think that if they caught wind that she had this book, they would be like, you can't read this, we're taking it away. It's like the female equivalent of the, of the pickup artist, which is the, I don't know, and, like, that book is horrible, and so is this one, frankly. Everything is horrible. Um... Moving on with the storyline, so once Mary finds out what this is, uh, she decides that she's going to start a competition to see who um, is go- who like is better. Well, Mary at says dating. Mary basically says that there are no rules because like there are people and they are individuals, and that like two, when two different people are in, like when two people are in a relationship, it's different from when that one person is in a, like it's all different because people are individuals basically. Um, so Mary's like, I'm going to get more guys with that, without the rules. Than uh, you will with the rules. And Lucy's whole thing is... Well, and not, so it begins. Yes. So this is the whole contest that happens throughout the entire episode. Even though Lucy thinks she's not participating, although when she quote-unquote wins, that clearly means she was participating the entire time. She just wasn't winning at the beginning, yeah. so she didn't want anyone to know she was participating. So it starts at school where Mary is back to being on the hunt for the men. Uh, I guess this is a personality trait she has now. <laughs> it's uh, just popped up. Um, and uh, she finds a boy named Jordan, um, who we will be introduced uh, to later in the episode. Uh, Lucy also tries to find a boy, has no luck. So yeah, then we see, at the next thing I, th- I think of is they're at home, and yes. Mary just keeps getting, f- she gets like phone calls from like three guys, yes. one of them being Jordan, and she decides that th- he's going to come over that night, and they're going to play basketball, which we all know is a euphemism. For not playing basketball. Exactly. Uh, Jordan and her have, like, conversation about sports. Uh, something joke is about, made about the, the Lakers. Lakers. And it really hurts Jordan. Uh, but it, we basically get the... Uh, you mentioned in the last episode that she didn't have basketball. So she didn't have, like, other things happening besides her 
uh, storylines with Lucy. But I think this picks up now back again where we see that there are other things happening in uh, Mary's life because she's back to playing basketball. Um, we Then there's like a moment where they're playing basketball, but for some reason it's more like they're wrestling. Well, I don't know. They like both go up to get a rebound or something, and she, they both fall down, but he's on her. Like It's not like they fall like... I don't know how to describe what I want to say. Um, but, but basically like, it ends up being that he's lying down with his... On bo- top of her with his face. They're face to face. No, well, she's on top of him. She's straddling him, basically. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's, like, facing her. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where it's, like, in a normal show, it would be the lead-up to them making out. Uh, but this isn't a normal show. This is Seventh Heaven. Exactly. And you know who was right around the corner? The Rev and Lucy and Simon and Ruthie. Yes. So... It would be inappropriate for Mary to start the casual kissing right now, or even the not casual kissing. Um, the next real scene we have with Mary is, um, this is a part of, I guess, another storyline, but there's some hijinks with a wallet, and uh, the Rev accidentally takes Jordan's wallet. Um, the wallet has a $100 bill and a picture of a naked lady. Um, then there's a weird conversation between the Rev and Jordan about him not believing that Jordan is 17. Um, and then the last time... I didn't, he's like, when was the last time you shaved? And he's like, right before I came over here. And he's like, oh, I have to. All of the men in my family have, uh, you know, thick beards and there's a lot, like, a lot of testosterone. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then the Rev is, like, upset by this. Uh, so... The Rev also, when Jordan leaves, uh, says to Mary, did you know that he has a picture of a naked lady? And she's like, I don't really care, but clearly you have feelings about it. Uh, And his feelings are not good ones. He doesn't like Jordan. Yeah. Great. Um, The next day at school, um, Jordan says to uh, to Mary, oh, I haven't seen Lucy around. And Mary explains that she's following the rules because she wants to get married. And Jordan's like, but she's 14. Which is exactly what everybody should be saying. Yes, I'm glad. Of course, it's someone who's outside of the Camden family that finally says it, though. Except he then ends up being even worse because of what he does next. But also in the scene, Mary. Uh, well, because two other guys end yes. up coming up to Mary in the scene and are like, "Are oh, are we still on for Saturday or whatever?" And she's like, "Yeah." And then she pulls in a, a guy, Brad, and she's like, "Oh, the Star Trek thing is this weekend." And the guy's like, do you want to go? And she's like, hells yes. Um, So Mary's whole thing is like trying to juggle as many guys as she can, but it wasn't very smart because Jordan was right in front of her when she set up one of these dates. So... Um, and I guess, I, I don't know what the, like, motivation is here, but Jordan decides that because Mary is not being monogamous in their dating that he doesn't want to date her anymore. I think there was a scene before when um, Lucy, like, walks away from, like, Mary's locker and Jordan is standing there and he kind of, like, Looks lingers. Like, right. uh, uh, okay, so they're, like, trying to So say- I think they set that up a little bit. Like, that Jordan was like, oh, I don't know who I want to be with. And then Mary kind of sealed the deal being, like... Uh, so I guess I guess Jordan's looking for a more traditional kind of relationship, which you would get with Lucy, but not with Mary. So he goes up to Lucy and he asks her if she's free on Saturday. But 
Lucy thinks back to one of her rules, one of the rules we didn't mention, which is don't say yes to a date, uh, to a Saturday date if it's asked after Wednesday. And I think it's supposed to be Friday because he says tomorrow. Yes, exactly. So she says, no, I'm not, even though clearly she's free. Uh, and so he says, well, what about next Saturday? And she's like, yes, Which that is like works. a lifetime in high school. Yeah, like, <laughs> like anything can happen yeah. in a week. Um, basically, they make some sort of deal where Jordan will tell Mary that they're now dating and Lucy will tell her dad. And Lucy says, you have to get rid of that uh, naked lady picture. But she's already breaking a rule because you're not supposed to try to change one of the ta- changed men. <laughs> or tell him what to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe she, she didn't get to that part of the book yet. Um, one of the things Lucy also does in her new rule-following life is wear lipstick, uh, which is not actually in the rules, but I guess... It's a thing that the rural women do. Maybe I'm, I'm. It's pretty. It looks like a longer book than than just the rules. There's probably there's a lot of intricacies to all of the rules. Uh, so I think I don't even know what the. Uh, so the last thing we really see is that uh, the Rev needs um, someone to babysit Ruthie and Simon, and he goes and he asks Mary and Lucy, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I need a favor," and Lucy says, "Anything." So the Rev knows that something is up. And then she says, you know, I'm, I want to go on a date uh, next Saturday. And the Rev is like, okay, I'm sure if we know, we know the guy. And I think uh, Lucy says like, oh, kind of, well, whatever. She hasn't told the Rev yet that it is Jordan that no, she wants. Well, in, the, in that scene she does, and he's like, well, I'll try to change my mind. But um, I, I don't care right now. Yeah, it's like a week, again, it's like a week from, it's, it's, it's a week and a day away. So. And I'm going to predict that as in 7th Heaven fashion, we won't hear from Jordan no, ever no, no, again. No, 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 he comes, he's, he's, he's recurring. Com- oh, he's recurring. I would say he has like a seven episode arc. Oh, wow. Um, but before this scene happens, we have a fight between Lucy and Mary, uh, which is probably the shortest fight that they've ever had. Uh, Mary comes storming into the room saying, you stole my boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, he wasn't your boyfriend. You've been dating around. And she's like being like, oh, I won because I follow the rules. And then we get this stupid heartfelt scene, which isn't heartfelt at all, where Mary's like, I wasn't trying to win. It was about making, making you understand that you're not a loser because Kenny broke up with you. And, and this all makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense, but they hug and... Be- yeah, because Lucy is still using this book. Yeah. Uh, which is its own problem. Uh, and, and I just don't... Especially because this episode seems to end with the fact that, like, if you use this book, you will get what you want. And I don't like that. Yeah. They should not be promoting this on 7th Heaven, which is a wholesome family show. <laughs> the most wholesome. <laughs> exactly. Um... So that's it. That's yeah. over. Jordan does come back. Oh, uh, that makes me sad, but fine. I mean, he's okay. Um, and he is played by... I did not write that down. Okay. Well, look it up yourself. He's from Georgia. He has a southern accent, so a little out of place in Glen Oak, in my opinion. Um, so then we have... He's not recognizable for anywhere else, so I didn't write it down. Yeah. Um, well... So then we have Simon's storyline. Yes. Simon uh, gets to school, and uh, he has a new history teacher, which is Miss Hanover. Oh, Well, it's it's a new school year. Yes. um, Which I kind of, wait, quick rundown on the school year. Mm -hmm. So we have, uh, in this season, Mary is a junior in high school, Lucy is a sophomore, Simon is in seventh grade, and Ruthie is in second grade, and then Matt is in college. So, I mean, I think... He spends a lot of time 
in his higher education, so I don't know if he graduates in four years or not. Um, right, so it's a new school year, so there's a new history teacher, and that's Miss Hanover, which will bring us to who the fuck is that, um, which is our IMDb segment. Um, and Miss Hanover is played by Barlinda Tolber, Tolbert, um, <laughs> who is most famous from her year spent on the Jeffersons. Uh, and now she's at Glen Oak being a history teacher. Uh, Miss Hanover changes, uh, has a seat changed so that Xenon, girl of the 21st century, i.e. Laura, uh, who is Simon's first kiss, can sit next to Simon. She apparently lies about her vision to get a seat next to him. Because uh, apparently Simon is now her boyfriend. Yes. Uh, which has happened overnight. Um, I The first thing that I wrote about this was, oh, well, number one, something I said in the first season, that Simon's uh, hair and eyebrow coloring is becoming more uh, noticeable. Like, his, in a few years, his eyebrows will be, like, completely black, and he will still be rocking that, uh, like, bleach blonde hair. And it just doesn't sit with me. Uh, I, don't, I still I don't believe it's his natural hair color. But the first thing I wrote about this was, Xenon so sexual. Yeah, um, yeah. A hundred percent. She is very overtly sexual in this episode. Um, well, the next really thing we have happening... Again, I can't fucking speak. The next really thing. The next thing we have happening on this episode with Simon is him being on the phone with Xenon. Um, he needs to study for a history quiz, which is happening. On the second day of school. Yeah. Um, and she was like, well, we should study together. And she wants him to come over. She lies and says that she doesn't have her history book and that her dad can't... So her, and her dad isn't home, so he needs to come over to her. Um, and Simon I, is very nervous about all this, and he's like, ah, I can't. And then he goes, and he finds the Rev, and he tells the Rev that Laura needs to borrow his history book, and the Rev is like, why doesn't her dad bring her over here? Simon tells her why, tells him why, and then he's like, anyway, we don't have a copier. She is a copier. So the Rev, on his way out, um, degree, agrees to take Simon drop him off, and then he has a few other errands to run, so he'll leave Simon at Laura's house and then pick him up on his way back to the house. Um, Simon goes, and, of course, Laura never needed to borrow the book. Uh, her father is home. She just wanted to, like... They don't have a copier. <laughs> she just wanted to make out. And that's what they do. They make out. We find out that her, uh, Laura's family is very affectionate, and it's okay that he get, he makes out with her. In front of... Yeah, because her father, like, walks by... As soon as Simon walks in the door and they're, like, making out and, you know, he's just like, Simon? But so far, Simon has gotten more action, lip action than Lucy. Than Lucy. It's great. I uh, love it. Yeah, exactly. Don't give her anything. <laughs> uh, so, that, but, oh, Lucy just had that one with that guy. Well, we don't know what happened with Kenny over the summer. But, yeah, it was but just like that guy at the movie. That random, that stranger at the movie theater. Yeah, it was her first kiss. Uh, uh, and only kiss, apparently. Uh, Z- then it's the day of the history quiz, and Xenon cheats off of Simon. Because she didn't fucking study, because she made up this whole lie about, I don't know, the, cop- the copying. So she's cheating, very obviously cheating off of Simon, and the teacher, Miss Hanover, catches them and makes them retake the quiz after school. Um, she also throws Simon under the bus. She's like, I didn't mean to be cheating, but uh, he, he just... Was, yeah, he was practically showing me his answers or something like that. And I would have broken up with her immediately after that. I would not give her the chance. Um, then we find out... I, I, I just want to say, I don't think that Simon... I, I think we're given the impression here that Simon never knew that this relationship... This girl just decided... Laura just decided they were dating, and Simon's like... 
well, I'm 12, so... And I get to kiss, I, so I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think this is a good thing I got going. <laughs> Did we mention that Laura is make-out party girl? Uh, I, well, I mean, if listeners remember, we called her Xena on that. It's yeah. Kirsten Storm or yes. Storms. Yes, yes. Um, and she was Xena. And so, yeah, this is the girl that Simon's first kiss is now decided he's irresistible and wants to date him now. Although Simon's not allowed to date. Which is another point of contention on this show. Um, when they get detention, Laura goes, well, at least we'll be doing it together. <laughs> um, but then we find out that Laura was not cheating. She, like, made it Knew obvious. All the answers. She made it obvious that she was cheating so that she could get detention to spend time with her boyfriend and gets a hundred on her history quiz. Um, like, a p- well, yeah. Um, and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with this chick? Yeah, I, a lot of things. I think we're, I think she had, she, she's trying to follow the rules, I think. Uh, yeah, clearly. Uh, then we get a phone call where Simon's like, we need to, this relationship needs to follow some rules, because otherwise you're going to ruin me. <laughs> yes, and wait, she said, I'm sure I won't ruin your, you morally. <laughs> um, and his oh. rules are, like, no lying, uh, no making out in front of my dad, in front of your dad, and like... Or my dad. Uh, yeah, and all these other no things. No making out in front of dads. <laughs> um, but... Back to the, like, the d- dating girlfriend thing. So earlier in the episode, um, I think the Rev or Annie or something well, says... Well, because Lucy, it's Lucy is yes. like, oh, Simon just wants to go to Laura's house, so, like, because it's a date or whatever, and mm-hmm. Simon says it's not a date, and the Rev says Simon's not allowed to date. But then later on, the Rev goes... Uh, Simon's also, girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. So somebody can be your girlfriend or boyfriend, but you can't date them. I said, this is the same thing they did with Lucy and yeah. Jimmy Moon. Lucy, they kept saying, you know, even after Jimmy Moon and Lucy broke up, they were like, oh, um, but Lucy's not allowed to date yet. But Jimmy Moon was always referred to as her boyfriend, so what is the difference? <laughs> is uh, Laura coming back? Do we know? I, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 couldn't, we'll I, I was surprised to see her again in this episode, but I, I don't think she's coming back. Or if she does, it's just for the purposes of them, like, breaking up. Um, so the final storyline is the Rev, Annie, and Ruthie storyline. I'm just going to say flat out, the storyline with Ruthie this episode is that she is... Mimicking all of Annie's pregnancy symptoms. So, like, morning sickness, uh, gas... Uh, being, Weight gain. Being tired, uh, being old. <laughs> the cold open is basically just um, Annie doing the whole thing that like television does with pregnant women and how pregnant women go crazy when they're pregnant because of hormones. Ah, she's she, yeah, and she's just like yelling at the rev for the fact that she's gaining weight and because she's older now. This is like you know a later in life pregnancy and it's she's gaining more weight and she's older so she's been she's been more tired than she was with the earlier pregnancies, so this one is harder on her. She also very much dislikes her big, fat baby. And she also is disgusted by... I mean, we don't even have to go, like, scene by scene on this. It's just, like, she's disgusted by chicken. The Rev brings her lunch one day, and he says it's tuna salad. She opens it, and it's chicken, and she's repulsed. We said before she's pawning the chicken off on Matt. She says she's done eating chicken for the rest of... The time being. Her life. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of, like... The Rev also brings her a fruit smoothie, and he's like, oh, like, I did something so nice. And she's like, you're trying to tell me I'm fat by bringing me health food. And then there's also the little subplot that their 20th anniversary is yes. coming up. 
Um, and he is trying to get her to go to, like, a fancy restaurant or something. But she refuses because she will only fit wear these, like, pregnancy pants that she are that are really the, yeah, the revs pants. pants yeah that she just has like safety pinned together and i guess the restaurant that they would want would be going to would be like a dress code one so she's like unless you find one without chicken and that let me sort lets me wear these pants i don't want anything about like anything like this um most of the episode again is her getting him to run errands so groceries or when she has cravings like there's a lot of trips to the dairy shack which is which a is oh i guess we'll touch on that real yeah. quick so the first time that the Rev goes to the Dairy Shack, it is right after Jordan has arrived to play basketball with Mary, and he has removed his coat, and he's put his wallet on the table uh, in the Camden's house, and the Rev is kind of absent-minded because he's doing running around doing all these things, so he can't find his keys, and then Simon finds the keys, and then he says he can't find his wallet, and Ruthie walks over to the table where Jordan has placed his wallet and his coat, and she gives them to the Rev, and the Rev doesn't question the fact that he's wearing a stranger's jacket. Well, he says later he thinks he thought it was Matt's, which apparently they do a lot. Yeah. They wear each other's clothes. It's oh, that's cute. a callback from the first season. Yeah, from yeah. the good boy's jacket. Uh, I think that's the second season, actually. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, the first day of school one. Um, so, and then, so he gets to the Dairy Shack the first time, and he takes out his wallet, and he's like, this isn't my wallet. And then a picture of a naked woman falls out and that's how we find out and then he complicates things by giving the man like the server guy um a hundred dollar bill and being like keep that as collateral and i will get my real money right because jordan has a single hundred dollar bill in his wallet which is another reason the rev doesn't like him even though jordan gives the perfectly good explanation that his father gave it to him to keep just in case of car trouble and he's not supposed to spend it um, but also, yeah, the Rev was like, hold this as a deposit for my ice cream. When he could easily just pay with the $100 bill and then... Go home and get the makeup, the rest of it. Yeah. And, and give it to Jordan. Instead of having to do all these back and forth, uh, he goes back home, uh, gets uh, his wallet, which is, ends up being empty, and he's supposed to go get the money from the... Coffee can in the kitchen. Um, also, at this point, Annie's upset because the Sunday is not big enough. So the Rev's like, I have to go back anyway to pay the guy. So she tells him to get the money from the coffee can. He goes again with his own wallet, and he's like, ha-ha, I have the money right here. Opens his wallet, it's empty, and he says, oh, I forgot to get the money from the coffee can. And then the guy at the store is finally like, overshare. And you're creeping me out. You're creeping me out. Good. Uh, And in the end, I mean, we can really just kind of skip. So, Well, well, no, all right, so... He ends up going, making three different trips to the Dairy Shack, and each time, like, a kid has a request. Like, in the end, Mary's done playing basketball, and, like, on the third trip, she's like, get me a milkshake. And so everybody gets their ice cream, and the Rev, for some reason, for hijinks, I guess, had to go three times. Um, a couple of other, like, little moments between Ruthie and the Rev. Um, she has she has a line about the whole pregnancy thing. It's just the daddies do the fun part. Oh, uh, yes, that was very I, good. And another thing is... Um, he, Ruthie, uh, she's, like, exhibiting pregnancy symptoms, and Simon's fed up. He's, like, she's just doing it for attention, and, like, Simon kind of, like, freaks out on her, and she freaks out and goes to mom, uh, and the rev is, like, you need to be, uh, like, nicer to her because girls are more fragile, and there's a whole thing where Simon and Annie say girls are not weak, like, they're more not delicate and all that stuff, which I thought was great. Um, and... 
Another thing is Ruthie comes home from school early because of her pregnancy symptoms. And the Rev's like, this is not okay. And Annie says, it's the second grade. It's not, <laughs> it's not like space yeah. or so, space something um, where she's like missing anything, uh, missing anything really. Um, finally, for, I don't know, the Rev being the Rev comes up with the perfect 20th anniversary date. I don't even know how he pulled this off, like, or if it was necessary for them to do this, but he's like, oh, we have to go, he, Annie and Ruthie are taking a nap on Annie and the Rev's bed, he goes and he wakes her up and he says, we have to be somewhere at 5.30, you can wear exactly what you're wearing right now, which are his pants and just like a t-shirt with like a shirt over it, and Annie's like, it's 4.30, like, I have to be ready to go so soon, so anyway, he's like, just come as you are, um, and... They go, and then we see them at the gynecological, as, as the IMDb user synopsis said, the gynecological examination. Um, and they're doing like the little ultrasound. Yep. And we find out that it's not one heartbeat, but, but two. two. So they're having twins. Surprise. Um, Which I guess they had to do to keep it seventh heaven. So now there's, there will be seven kids yeah. instead uh, of seven total family members. And for some reason, Annie's like, this is the best anniversary ever, which, does she have very low standards? I don't... don't, She hasn't, she's not following the rules. rules. She didn't get any fancy gift. Well, it was only Valentine's Day and birthdays. But, but. (laughs) well, that's in the rules once you're married. You gotta get the rules for being married. There's also the rules for online dating and... The rules for teens, the rules for college students. Yep. What about teenage college students? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which one do they read? Um, so then afterwards, they go to the dairy shack, and when Annie steps out of the car, she is in a like brand new black dress. It's a good dress. I like it. It's yeah. like shimmery, sparkly. Um, and because the Rev is like, haha, I'm gonna take you someplace where there's no chicken, and we get the idea that the Dairy Shack is just like a straight up like ice cream and burger joint. Yeah, so Dairy Shack is basically like a combination Shake Shack and Dairy Queen. Oh, this is a new location. We haven't been to the Dairy Shack before this episode. It becomes prominent, and you know, in the episodes that come after, we will be at the Dairy Shack a lot. So at the Dairy Shack, while the Rev and Annie are same-siding it, um, <gasps> which is sitting at the same side of a table and waiting for their food, uh, all of the kids, except for Ruthie, show up, all with trays of food. Um, and they're like, we knew you were going like to be here. In and out, it kinda, the food kind of looked like In-N-Out Burger. Actually, a lot of the... I was very hungry throughout this entire episode. There was so much food There's in this episode. Pizza, so much ice, ice cream. cream. Milkshakes. Ugh. Those burgers looked really good. Uh, anyway, and they're like, why are we here? It's like, oh, because we're wishing you a happy anniversary. We knew you would be here. And I'm like, I don't understand how. And they're like, where's Ruthie? <laughs> and, oh, then, and then. And then. And then. Well, I think first they say that we're having twins. No, they do. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, because it cuts to. Yeah. So I don't even know how to describe what happens next. But this will definitely be on our Instagram. The man at the Dairy Shack has a one of those radio cassette player... It's a stereo. It's not like a, a like a ghetto blaster, though. It's like a tiny little one. It's like a normal one from when that was a thing people had. Yeah. Um, it probably had a CD player. It was a combo, you know, radio, CD player, cassette player. And this guy hits the play button... And I don't even know. We should have looked up what song this is. Oh, isn't it's it? Real... It takes two. 
Oh, it, oh, it is. Isn't it that? Isn't it, it the is. Tina Turner Rod Stewart song? It is. Yes. And Ruthie appears in a pink dress with a fake pregnancy belly. And okay, so um, oh. I don't know how to explain this. Yeah, but you like, know how like at fast food restaurants, I think the the best way is like the barriers. Right? When you're at a booth and yeah. like there's a wall on one side of the booth and on the other side of that wall is another booth. So those little skinny barriers between that like will run down the middle and there will be booths on either side. Booths. Booths. <laughs> um, uh, sh- that's so that's where Ruthie shows up. And she starts walking on the booth line. And dancing and worthing worthing. Mm. Wording like lip syncing to the song. Mounding the words. Yes, lip syncing. And um Yes. It's all, it's insane. It's, it's really, there's no other word for it. I don't know And I don't, who. No, all the other patrons are apparently enjoying this. But the guy who works there had the damn tape queued up. Um, and everybody's having a grand old time. And then in the middle of the song, Annie goes, we're having twins. And everybody's and like, holy fuck. horrified. Because, you know, they should be. Now there's seven of them. And Ruthie still continues dancing. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to get this on the Instagram because it's, it's a long scene. There's some great facial expressions. I don't want anyone to miss any, but we'll do our best. Um, so I think that's that's it. That's the end of the episode. That is. It, like, goes into, the song goes into created by Brenda Hampton. So Executive producer is the first thing that appears, but it's Brenda Hampton. Um, so anyway, solid start to season three. Okay, so first we're uh, going to do, this is something new that we're doing. Uh, what... Who is the best Camden in this episode for you? Uh, based on the end alone, Ruthie. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. that. Well, because I know who you were gonna say, and like I didn't, I wasn't particularly fond of any of them. I mean, I think it was funny. Simon's whole thing was funny. I'll go with Simon. Simon's whole thing was funny, and I think like finally when he was like, okay, I need to set some, put, lay down some rules, which we thought. Just a note, because everyone kept talking about rules. Uh, and I thought that one of the alternative French or German title would have been something about, like, rules, but no. it was not. And uh, my best Camden for this episode was uh, Matt, because he got to kiss Connie. And that's really it. <laughs> and that's all you wanted during <laughs> that's this all episode. I wanted. Yeah, exactly. So, And I think if I'm being unbiased about my physical attraction to Connie, then my favorite Camden was... Connie? Connie. <laughs> it was Connie. My favorite Camden was Connie. It doesn't count. Um, no, it would still have been Matt, because I guess maybe Ruthie, but not really. It would still have been Matt. She didn't do much. She just yeah. kind of, like, followed Annie around. Um, so anyway, ra- rating this, I'm giving it a 5.5. Holy shit, I'm also giving it a 5.5. No way. I'm also giving it a 5.5. What a strong the start. The stars have aligned. What a strong start. Um, so... The things. Yes, there's uh, great things that are going to be on the social media. So please follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. That's at Camden Cast Show. And make sure to like us on Facebook where we let you know when there's an episode up. Yeah. Um, and obviously the best way to get an episode is to subscribe to us on iTunes where you can leave us ratings and reviews. So. And have the episodes conveniently delivered to you. You won't even have to do anything. They just come to you. They just, well, it, yeah. They'll just you be, be on your phone. You could be anywhere and they would show up. That's they come through the internet um, tubes. Wires, so, etc. Anyway. Um, so we're ex- excited for doing season three and uh, I'm Tambi. And I'm Erin. And this was Camden Cast. 